0: It's a cycle of success. That robust reporting means that you can leverage data and and, and analyze every part of your recruitment process. And people, I think, underestimate the the power of the story that these numbers can tell.
1: Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and I'm here with my co-host, Leanne Sarah-Jones-Hunt. Hi, Leanne. How are you? I'm great. Thank
0: you, Mark. How are you?
1: Fantastic. So this is the final episode in our series about mistakes recruiters make. And this is mistake number eight, which is not tracking your metrics. So what do we mean? When we talk about metrics, it's about your KPIs, your activities, um, the leading indicators that measure all the steps leading up to the outcome or the result that we're aiming for which is placements. So do you know what metrics get a have have kind of had a tarnished reputation in our industry and we find when we are working with recruitment business owners that sometimes they're reluctant to measure their activity and there are several reasons for that, which we're gonna get into in just a minute. but I think part of it has to do with the way that kpis have been used and abused in in our industry over the decades, where you know it's it's create it is part of a negative culture where people are um, you know, managed by kpis and it feels like micromanagement where someone is like really inspecting their daily activity why haven't you made more calls and that sort of a thing and so then when people start their own business they very much want to move away from that and but the the challenge comes when they go too far in the opposite direction and uh, then they have really no insight into their uh activities and their ratios so leanne What do you think, like in talking to all of our members on this topic, what are some of the issues, the the objections or the reluctances that people have about this?
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the experience they've had before. They associate the negative connotations with tracking or KPIs, and perhaps it casts their mind back to when they were working in an agency where the the focus was on these KPIs and it was micromanagement. And for some people, it's just their Achilles heel. It's just something that they can't get past in terms of um, being able to attach the positive uh, connotations to it. And that's where we come in in order to help them um, understand the importance and the benefits of uh, tracking. Um, But also, I just think people don't really have it in such a format or a way which is easy to input that particular data in order to analyze and decipher that data as well. So I think that is a bit of a roadblock in terms of, um, you know, it's mindset as well, but it's, that's uh, in particular the roadblock that people face when it comes to metrics.
1: Great point. Absolutely. So we're here to encourage you to really embrace Metrics and um, I love KPIs by the way, so just to (laughs) to put my cards on the table right uh, up front, provided they're self directed, so there's a big difference between someone telling you these are the minimum you know activities that you have to hit, um, or else, and you actually choosing to set targets that are going to help you to achieve your goals. So, we're going to talk a little more next about the benefits of doing this because like I'm a true believer and I hope you will be by the end of this episode and then we'll come on to some of the practical steps and as Leanne mentioned about uh, how specifically you can you know do this without as much pain and hassle because recruiters are typically you know people you know people people their sales uh, people, and they do not like the data entry and anything that's too admin you know uh heavy so we'll we'll look at that so when we work with a new cohort of our recruitment coach um community clients, we focus on a recruitment business health check, which is getting people to analyze their desk or their business and look at um things like obviously. Billings, but then average invoice value. And then how many interviews does it take to get one placement? How many candidates do you need to present to get one interview? And just really re- working backwards and reverse engineering their formula for success, because that is really the purpose of knowing your metrics. Recruitment is a numerically predictable business. So you can reverse engineer if your goal is. 100k, 500k, you know, a million, whatever your goal is, you can work backwards and figure out what are the quarterly, monthly, weekly and daily milestone activities and objectives that will lead me to achieving my goal and give me the maximum chance of actually uh of actually hitting that. So,
0: yeah, I agree. And it's yeah, it's incredibly powerful. It's a cycle of success. That robust reporting means that you can leverage data and, and, and analyse every part of your recruitment process, which will enable that predictability that you were talking about there. Um, and people, I think, underestimate the, the power of um, the story that these numbers can tell. Um, I think people, perhaps at, at first glance, um, of, of metrics would consider uh, tracking perhaps first interviews and maybe be the basics but it goes slightly deeper than that in terms of looking at the ratios as well and not just the the face value one dimensional um metrics
1: absolutely so you know the the numbers themselves talk uh tell a story about the volume of activity but the ratios tell a story about the quality of that activity and we're not about just making hundreds of calls for the sake of it. what we're about is working smarter so that you achieve your goals with less effort, right and it's having that leverage and and that's what knowing your numbers gives you. if you can for example, improve your job order to placement ratio from say one in four to one in two, you've just doubled your billings, right? but you're not working harder. you're actually working smarter. you've put, steps strategies uh and processes in place in order to work more efficiently and so with the same number of work hours per week and the same number same amount of effort time energy resources you've just doubled your billings and that's the power of knowing your numbers is that by making small incremental improvements across a range of these uh areas of your business the the compound effect of those small changes is dramatic it's really incredible so to double your billings you don't need to work twice as hard i mean most people listening are already working you know flat out they're working hard already so if you want to double your billings it obvious isn't it that you you can't double the amount of effort and double the number of hours you're working that just probably physically impossible and even if it were it's not sustainable, that's gonna to lead to burnout. So knowing your numbers and tracking your metrics gives you that roadmap to how am I going to double with the same amount of effort?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and also just to pinpoint where is the obvious area of improvement by seeing that whole snapshot and seeing any patterns and trends, you know, that gives you um, the intel, the insight that is something tangible that you have um, versus perhaps, you know, going on gut feel, uh, which I guess recruiters do a lot um, in this industry.
1: uh, Actually, you've just reminded me because going on gut feel that's another objection that people give us is, oh, I'm really experienced. I don't need to track metrics anymore. I already know what I'm doing. And I think that is that mindset is, is a mistake. Uh, so the analogy I sometimes give people is, look, if you were boarding a plane and you were going to go from London to New York, and the pilot came over the Tanoi and announced, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are having some technical problems with our instrument." instrument panel our dashboard so all of the instruments are not working i don't know i'm not able to track how much fuel we have what our altitude is what our bearing is um but don't worry i'm a really experienced pilot i've flown to new york many times and uh you know you're in you're in safe hands would you trust and stay on that plane and think oh well he's experienced so it's probably fine. Or would you immediately get off the plane and disembark, right? I think most of us would not feel confident. And yet that's the way that many of us are operating our business. It's like without having that data available so that if you do get into trouble, if you fly into clouds or a storm rolls in or you're flying at night and you know there's anything, any Outside circumstance that changes, such as the economy or you know anything like that, then you have those numbers to rely on, and you can make adjustments as necessary, um, much better than just going on on gut feeling, possibly getting lost in the clouds and flying into a mountain so um, okay, so people are probably wondering, like what specific? numbers and ratios they should be tracking. And by the way, I I think I want to draw an important distinction. There is a difference between um, the numbers that you're tracking and KPIs there. People often use those terms synonymously, but they're not the same thing. So I want you to track absolutely everything OK, because the more data you have, the the clearer it will be where you can tweak and fine tune things in order to work smarter and get better results with less effort. Right. However, a KPI, which means key performance indicator, is something you're going to target yourself on or target your team on. OK, and you don't want to give people to, or yourself too many targets. I would say that for most people having three kpis that you are constantly looking at is enough and then but the key is to have all the other data that you can go and look to if you needed uh to and and do a deeper dive maybe periodically to see what the what story those other numbers are telling you so in terms of what you're going to track Obviously, billings, like I don't know any recruiter that does not track their billings. Then we want to also look at the number of placements. Okay, that one, again, is pretty obvious. And most people are already doing that. What that gives you, if you divide the billings by the number of placements, is the average placement value, right, which is a really important number. And I think on this show, Leanne and I have talked before about if we can increase our average invoice value, then again, you make more money with the same or less effort. So there's real leverage there. So we need to know what our average invoice value is. We then need to track the number of interviews. And if you're setting yourself KPIs, first time interviews, in other words, the very first time that a client and a candidate meet, that is a really important metric to pay very close attention to because that is a clear indicator of the health of your pipeline, is number of interviews, first-time interviews that are happening. Okay, so how many interviews? Then we want to look at how many candidates are presented. And we often use this term submitted, like submissions in our business. I hate the word submission because it implies that the client is then going to review the resumes or CVs that you've sent, and they're going to say yes, no, yes, no. And so you send five and they interview two or three. That's not what should be happening. They should be interviewing pretty much every single candidate that you shortlist for them. Okay, so I call this the number of candidates shortlisted, but you know, for the, for the sake of clarity, this is your submissions. This is how many resumes or CVs you have presented to the client. Um, and then you can analyze the, the metric here is the CV to interview ratio or the submission to interview ratio, whatever term you want to use. And that should be close to one-to-one, right? As we said, almost every – because why would you send a candidate that you didn't expect them to interview? So how you achieve that is a story for another day, but that's what we're aiming for. We definitely want to track the number of new job orders, and you, we've done a session before leanne about um qu- you know grading your job orders and only working on things that are likely to that you're likely to fill so only track the job orders that you're actually going to work on if it's a c or a b minus job uh, that you know you're not actively working then don't count it in this number because it's really going to throw off your data we're only really talking about a and B plus job orders that you're going to be, you know, working hard to uh, to deliver to. Um, so that's another one that I would definitely set a target for. So we've got first-time interviews <clears throat> and we've got job orders. And then from there, we're, get, we're moving to the top of the funnel here and thinking about how many conversations with clients are we having? Conversations, meetings, calls, and then on the candidate side, the same. How many new candidates are we speaking to every week and every day? And you know those numbers are then going to flow through the funnel to result in our submissions, interviews, and placements. So I would encourage you to track all of the above and be able to work out your ratios accordingly. So for example, how many clients do we need to speak to in order to uh, secure a grade A or B-plus job order? And likewise, how many candidates do we need to speak to in order to get, you know, that submission, that person presented, shortlisted um, for a specific opportunity?" So those are some of the numbers that you might think about measuring.
0: At this point, probably people are thinking, but how? Like, how am I supposed to do this? Like physically, how am I meant to track this? This sounds like a lot of work. I'm just, you know, putting my recruiting business owner hat on and thinking, wow, this sounds like a lot. And then all of a sudden we're kind of going back to those objections here. So um, it'd be really good uh, for us to give Um, the listeners some real tangible steps on how to even just get started with this and and the options available in order to kind of take the chore out of this. Because, you know, obviously we spoke about the benefits and we don't want people to have the negative connotations to this action of tracking. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And so I think there's obviously low tech and high tech solutions to this. um, But what do you, do you want to share a couple of thoughts on the best way of, um, of tracking this?
0: I mean, there's a whole, like you said, a spectrum of this. You could, um, if you have like an old school whiteboard, then absolutely you could track on there with a view to input that data into some sort of system. Um, most people, when we they come through our cohort, um, they already use like a CRM system, which has the capability to um, produce reporting like this. They've just perhaps hadn't explored that. So it's about tapping into your support team for your CRM and seeing um, what capability it has has. Um, but for those who haven't got a CRM just yet, uh, which you should look into, uh, but you um, can still do this in, um, you know, perhaps even just a journal, you know, manually checking things off. But again, you're going to need at some point something that can make this um, simplified and show you in such a way which shows those graphs and those patterns and those trends versus you trying to do that. So it's kind of like you said, low tech, high tech, manual, automated um, but the ideal would be for it to you know be automated in such a way where you put d- data in for them to it to spit out you know the the sort of the the ratios and the um, the predictability of what we were speaking about
1: exactly so um, the ideal as as you said Leanne is you're tracking it through your CRM or your recruitment software they all have the ability to do this, to generate reports, dashboards, you know, so you can see day by day and minute by minute how you are performing against the objectives you have set for yourself. And so I guess we always, um, one of the first things we help people with is their tech stack and reviewing. If they don't have a CRM, then we encourage them to like ASAP to professionalize their business and get something in place. Um, And if they already have one, then it's really, you know, exploring the capabilities for tracking metrics that maybe there's being underutilized. Uh, So we're huge advocates for that. But as you said, it could be as simple as a whiteboard. Like, don't let the technology get in the way of you getting started today. It could be a whiteboard in your office where you are like, Tracking your top three metrics and just using a a tick tick system you know with uh like a chicken scratch system or and this is a an idea I got um from one of my favorite books, which is Atomic Habits by James Clear, and he just uh talked about salespeople having a like uh two jars of marbles on their desk, and every call they make they move a marble across. And it's just dropping those marbles in and it sh- is like a visual way of um, that's quite satisfying because there's like a kinetic or a kinesthetic, like a, a, it's like a feel and a visual thing of seeing like the jar of marbles fill up and every marble represents a, uh, a step forward towards achieving your goals. So whatever works for you. You know just take action today on this path towards starting to measure because having now done over 150 episodes of the podcast and if you interviewed like some really top producing recruiters and fast growing recruitment business owners 90 percent of them plus know their metrics and they have a formula and they they could rattle it off the top of their head. So a a classic example, this is Jordan Rayboy, who we've had as a guest speaker for our coaching clients. And he talked about his planning system, but without any hesitation, without having to consult notes, he was able to uh, explain in detail exactly what activities he needed to to hit in order to achieve a million dollars a year in, uh, in revenue. So, uh, Leanne, any closing remarks on this?
0: Yeah, and it's something we're obviously helping our members with as well. They have the option every week to submit. um, I know you don't like that word, but um, send us their metrics for us to help in terms of seeing what the story and what that picture is painting in order to help them to see where the deficiencies are. So it's definitely something that we are really um, in tune with, with our members as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, shout out to Jenny Ryan and James um, who send us their their weekly metrics. And, you know, if you can gamify this and make it fun and make it a little bit competitive, if you have a team, then absolutely make it competitive and fun and you know, maybe have prizes and that sort of thing. But even if it's just yourself, if you can compete with yourself and have some kind of you know, element of fun with it, then um, that's just going to make it more likely that you'll follow through. So we this is something we look at with our clients. And, and by the way, if you're interested in learning more about joining our uh, Inner Circle coaching program, we have two programs. We've got Elevate for our solo uh, practitioners, solo recruiters, and we've got Apex for our entrepreneurial growth-oriented companies who want to scale. Whichever of those uh, categories you fall into, if you're a recruitment business owner and you would like to learn more about having a peer group, a mastermind, a community with coaching, training, as well as online courses, as well as one to one support and personal action plans, then uh, reach out to us and book a call with me or Leanne. You can do that uh, by visiting recruitmentcoach.com forward slash book a call. So it's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash book a call, go to that website, uh, book a a call in our calendar, and we'll have a 30 minute conversation with you to learn more about your situation, give you some tips and insights that you can action straight away. And if we think that we're a good fit for you and, and we can help you and get results for you, then we'll tell you about our coaching program. But either way, it's a fun conversation, and you know everyone finds it insightful and and energizing to have that uh, have that call. So, Leanne, what's up next time?
0: So we are changing gears, so we're going to be focused on our six pillar framework and sharing um, with the listeners what we're doing over here uh, with Recruitment Coach and our uh, community. So we're going to be going through each of the six pillars of a seven-figure recruitment business and what that looks like. So um, that's made up of strategy, marketing, clients, candidates, operations, and team. But we'll be starting next week with strategy. And in particular, it will be um, discussing vision, purpose, mission, goals, and getting a sense of clarity and certainty around that in order to really express that in order, again, to attract people and be attractive to um, your audience and your industry.
1: Fantastic. So, if you are looking for greater clarity about your vision and your purpose, why you're doing this, your goals and values, then be sure to tune in next time. Uh, until then, have Thank an awesome you day. Thank so much Thanks, for the end. That was the fun. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.